0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information. And with me, as always. What's up, guys?
1: It's Lukey. What are we talking about today?
0: We got a lot today. We're going to talk golf. We got the Open Championship this week. We're going to talk NBA Finals. We've had a few games. Last week, we had our NBA Finals preview. We'll talk a little bit about what we've seen so far. I want to start talking some football topics. I want to talk Dynasty Drafts. This is Dynasty Rookie Draft season. Some of our fans are in Dynasty Drafts. I know you and I both are. So I want to get a sense of... We spend a lot of time talking about the draft itself. We don't necessarily get into rookie value in fantasy football i want to talk about that a little bit and then i want to start a game i have not told luke about this it is nine weeks until well less than nine weeks until the nfl season starts we're gonna play the over under game (laughs) we're gonna play the over under one division a week for the next eight weeks Okay, so Luke had no idea this was coming, so I'm gonna hit him with it. And basically, he's just gonna, I have a little bit of facts behind why I wanna do minor data. He's just gonna have to go off the cuff and and do over under. Before we get into the show, a word from our sponsor. July is here with tons of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From the NBA Finals to baseball marquee matchups and football is right around the corner. There's plenty of lines, prop bets, and futures to love. You got anything this week?
1: Yeah, we're looking at Game Four of the NBA Finals, which will be played to as you're listening this to this tonight. Yes. Um, give me the Phoenix Suns plus one fifty-five on the money line.
0: <laughs> anything on golf?
1: No, not yet. No, Did I don't you? I'll tweet. I'll tweet the picks.
0: Did you play Cam's game with the tears?
1: I have not entered a lineup yet. I will. I turned but... mine in. Oh, look at that!
0: I, I, I so I went, and I'll just tell everybody out there. So the tears, I went. Xander Shoffley, tier one. West uh, Finau, tier two. Lee Westwood, Tommy Fleetwood, and then in tier 5, you know, I'm not a huge golf guy, so I don't really necessarily know a lot of those guys in tier 5, but my boy Harold Varner was in tier 5, loved the shoe game, so I went Harold Varner is my is my fifth pick. So we'll see how that goes, but I'm excited this is the first time I gotten involved in it.
1: I like it for some free money. You can always just take Brooks at a major to top 10, he's plus 175. So I mean that's, that's the free way money. To go,
0: for sure. BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Before the next tip-off or pitch, head to Bet Online and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. All right, let's get into the Open Championship. This is the third major of the year. It's at Royal St George's Golf Course. What country is that in? Scotland.
1: I uh, know it's in England.
0: It's in England, so it's at Royal St George's Golf Course in England. Give us some thoughts on the on the Open Championship.
1: I just wanted to double check. There it is. Uh, it just says the United Kingdom. So actually, I'm I'm not positive, but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I love I love the open championship. Um, I'm going to go ahead and call it the British open. So all the purists can come, come get me if you want, but, uh, I love the British open. It's one of my favorite to watch. It's, you know, the only link style major that we have. Euro tour golf is always great for when you have kids and you're waking up early to feed them that you just flip right on the golf channel. And, uh, so I enjoy watching that style of golf. Some interesting things. If you are going to go ahead and bet some stuff this week, it's uh, important to know that the, average age of the last 10 British Open winners is about six, seven years older than all of the other majors. So you can go ahead and look at some older guys and also course history and Open championship history, British Open history play a big role in guys that have won. So you might want to take a look at those. I don't have the list offhand. Again, my flight got in late. Uh, I apologize. So I'm a little short on research so far for that, for the open, but uh, just started scratching the surface on that. But guys that I do like that I have found, I really like Louie this week. He seems to be a guy like Brooks Kepka that can always show up. And he has actually won his only major came at a British open. I believe it was 2010. Again, I, you know, I love Brooks and he's just, a he's, you know, he got his start on uh, the the challenge tour, which is the European version of uh what we call the corn ferry tour, kind of like their minor league. And, uh, you know, so he cut his teeth there on the challenge tour and then in the European tour. So he's, he's used to these, this style of golf. Um, you know, I think his last two tournaments has been T2 and T4 at, uh, the last two open championships. So, you know, he's in good shape. And I really like Jordan Spieth this week. I think he's got the right game for link style. He's won an open before. And, um, where I do my research, they really like him. So. Those are those are the three names right off the top that I like, but uh let's get up early and watch some golf this weekend. We should have had Cam on. That's the mistake I made. You you <laughs> usually try to show off for Cam
0: so you you prepare a little bit more. So I will not make that mistake. <laughs> I went to
1: bed. I went to bed at 8 30 last night. I will I not make that him.
0: mistake for the PGA championship. We'll be sure to have Cam <laughs> back on.
1: Couple of guys I like. I
0: talked about it in the Bet online read for potential top 10 finishes Tommy Fleetwood Lee Westwood always like the European guys to show out. They're more, I don't know, comfortable, I guess is probably the word to use with the terrain and the weather conditions on
1: play in that style.
0: Exactly. So Justin Rose, maybe another one to potentially look at. And I like Tony Finau, you know, Luke talks about it all the time. Always a guy that's kind of hanging around, did not make the cut at the, U.S. Open, but uh, Tony Finau, another guy that I want to give a shot to. We'll do a recap next week, talk about who won, and Luke will be much more uh, dialed in for that. Let's transition to the NBA Finals. Luke called in his analysis last week. Suns and five, we'll get there in a minute. The Suns are currently up 2-1 game 3 as luke said in the bet online read is on wednesday night which is tomorrow so game this four. episode excuse me game 4 is on wednesday night it'll be on the day that this comes out let me know your thoughts so far and and i guess do you think milwaukee won game 3 pretty pretty convincingly so does that change your mind at all? Do you still think it's Suns in five? And what are some initial reactions you have from the first couple games?
1: The Suns won the first two games pretty convincingly. So it's gone pretty much exactly the way I thought it would. The only, the only thing that has really been surprising was that Giannis played uh, in all three. And, you know, I expected him back probably for game three. And I expected the Bucks to win. Now, I didn't expect them to win by 20. You know, I thought the game would be a little bit closer. But so far, I think this is playing out exactly how I thought it might. Um, you know, you look at game two, the Suns won by 10. Um, it was never really that close. And, and Giannis had a, the first of his uh, two consecutive 40.10 rebound games where he joins a very short list to have done that. But, uh, you know, he's hitting his free throws, So that's a good sign if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan. The rest of the, the, the squad looked alive there in, um, in game three. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't just Giannis. I know that uh, Middleton started out hot. You know, he had 15 points in the first half, only scored three in the second half, but you know, he didn't really need to, they were cruising. And I've talked about this. I don't know how many times, you know, this is the third or fourth time I brought it up on the show is they are very good when they're, when they've got a lead and they can get out and get into transition. It'd be pretty incredible if Giannis was able to go for 40 again, but I think that that's what they need to do for them to win. Drew got 21 in game three. Uh, game three, on, he had a pretty efficient night. Was plus 22 in the game. Uh, five of ten from three, and they hit 39 percent of their threes, and the Suns only had 29 percent of their threes. So, pretty inefficient play from them. I, I mean, I'm not sure you'll see a worse game from Devin Booker. He had 10 points on 14 shots in game three. You know, I think you'll see a nice bounce back game from him you know, maybe he was due for one, something like that, but you know, if you get, if you're getting 10 points from him in a game like that, I, I mean, they're going to have trouble winning it anyway. So Aiton was a little, uh, you know, he didn't look as good as he, as he had looked until, uh, you know, up until this game here. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think anything's changed for me. I think the Suns, uh, you know, obviously I think the Suns will win the game. They, uh, I took them plus plus one fifty five to win game four. And, um, yeah, I think they'll close them out at home in uh, game five. So I'm sticking with the Suns in five.
0: I feel like we're watching two different series. I think the Suns lack toughness. I'll, I'll say that first. Now, Milwaukee plays really dumb, and they've played a little bit smarter in this series. I think one of the things that that are hurting that's hurt the Suns primarily in game three, I thought it hurt them against the Clippers a little bit. Obviously, Clippers weren't able to – capitalize on it because their best player was injured. I think they lack toughness a little bit. I think there is a mental, they're young, you know, Chris Paul's their leader, but, but they're young. And this is their first really long playoff run. And and I don't think they, we'll see how they handle adversity. Look, Giannis has not only been able to play, which was obviously in question the last time we talked about this. But he's been amazing. You alluded to it, back-to-back 40-point games. Only four or five players have done that in NBA history. I mean, you got Jerry West, uh, you know, Kareem, LeBron, Jordan. I mean, it's it's a very, very short list of Hall of Famers. He, he's unstoppable. And you alluded to it as well. He's hitting his free throws. And, and that's part of the reason why he's getting a 40 because he's shooting 60 or 70 percent from the line instead of, you know, 30 or 40 percent. And he's getting to the line a lot and he's not shooting threes. That's the other thing. He's not bailing the defense out. He's attacking. He's attacking. He's attacking. Now, he is bailing him out a little bit by doing that stupid back down fadeaway thing. He does on the baseline, which I don't get. He does that three or four times a game. I don't think he's hit one yet, but Giannis has been extremely impressive, very happy with that. The next piece here I talked about in the keys, Giannis was a key, Middleton versus Booker was a key for me. I talked about how I thought whoever played better would win the series. Uh, Through three games, I think it has been the biggest key. Chris Paul, Giannis, they're going to get there. So what really comes down to is which complementary player is going to do more. I have serious concerns that Devin Booker is starting to break down. Throughout an extended run in the playoffs, he's just hasn't seemed, he's been very good early in series throughout the playoffs. And then as the series went on, has started to diminish a little bit. Now, granted, some of that has has to do with the fact that the complimentary players, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, uh, Campaign, they've played very, very well. But I think in this series, you're gonna see. They're gonna need Devin Booker to continue to step up this first long playoff run. He's at the end of it. We'll see how he continues to we'll see how he continues to play. He got benched at the end of game three. They benched him in the third corner. He never came back. Look, we can argue over the terminology there. Did he really get benched or did Monty Williams just determine that, you know, the game was out of hand and they weren't going to bring him back? I think that was a huge mistake. I think that was one of the biggest mistakes Monty Williams could have done with Booker coming off the type of shooting performance that he had. I think they should have brought him back in the fourth quarter and potentially let him see a few go down because they're going to they're going back into that building again on Wednesday night. You talked about, you know, the Bucks shooting 39 percent from three and the Suns only shooting 29 percent. I think that number is a little skewed because in garbage time, their their backup players were just jacking up threes. They actually shot the ball pretty well. Jay Crowder was six for seven. Um, Chris Paul hit a few threes. Cam Johnson, I don't think he's missed a three. I think he missed like one or two in the whole freaking series. So they actually shot the ball pretty well. And I think that's the piece that really is an indicator of where this series is going. They were able to shoot the ball well and still lost that game. I know it ended up being, you know, 18, 19 points or whatever. It felt like they were down 40 in that game. They just really couldn't do anything. I think what it all comes down to, Giannis is gonna play well. You're not gonna be able to stop him. Chris Paul is gonna continue to do what he does. Middleton and Booker, the battle between them is gonna be really interesting. They play defense on each other sometimes. So whichever player plays better between the two of them is gonna tilt on a game to game basis. I think drew holidays, the X factor, he's been the X factor you saw in game three, he got extremely aggressive on offense and you saw the difference. He was shooting threes. He was down in the paint. I mean, the bucks are just killing the Suns in the paint, which, you know, in the modern NBA, you don't think about how, you know, scoring in the paint impacts a game, a single game in a series, but it's, it's shown that it has impacted this series. Drew Holiday has to continue to be aggressive on offense and and has to, he doesn't need to stop Chris Paul, but he needs to slow them down and be aggravating enough to impact the sun's tempo, their tempo and ball movement, all starts with Chris Paul. And if Drew Holiday can play just good enough defense, I think that they will continue to impact their tempo. Like they did in game three, I am out of the prediction business. So I am not going to say who I think is going to win this series, but I do think the suns are only going to win one more game.
1: Yeah. And I listened, I listened to, uh, to your section of the show last week. I think it was pretty obvious that you weren't making a prediction, but you thought the bucks were going to win. That was pretty obvious and listening to, uh, to your section, but I, I need to push back a little bit here. Okay. Um, see how, how they're responding to adversity. i they're up 2-1 in the series, and um, right. they were down – I think they were down 18 in the, the second quarter of game three and got it to six or four. I think they actually – they got it to four in the third in, in game three. We talked about it. Booker was bad. Um, in the first two games, he averaged 29 points. I, I think I think a 24-year-old is allowed to have a little bit of a, a stumble in, in a finals game. I don't think it's something that is overly concerning. I think he had an 11-point game in um, – in the conference finals against the Clippers, and, and he bounced back just fine, especially in these. You know, we saw 27 in the game one and, and 30, 31 in game two. I think he's just fine. And, and I think you've talked about it on the show before about guys struggling to do the LeBron act for game, game by game, by game, especially in the finals. Now, we're talking about Giannis, who we you know we haven't we haven't seen him at this level yet. This is the first time and he's doing it really well. You just said there was four or five guys. I think the only guy that you left off that list was, was Shaq. That's a, that's an incredible list of guys that he's in company with. Is yeah. he going to be able to do that for he has to do it for at least two more games. I don't know. I, I, I just I don't I just see I just see it a little bit different. I think we, we might be watching two different series.
0: What do you think's more likely? Devin Booker has another bad game in Game Four, or Giannis scores forty?
1: I think uh, what, what what is more likely?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think. Well, I mean that they're both; those are both bad for the Suns. So, I mean, <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I, look, I, I think that you're you're discounting the fact. I hear you. He's twenty-four. I think you're. Discounting- I think I
1: think Booker goes and gets twenty before Giannis goes and gets forty again. I mean, that's a big deal.
0: I think you're discounting the fact that he's you're, you're using 24 as a as an advantage. I think that it's a disadvantage. He's never played in the playoffs before. He's never played on this level. He's just played 90 games in the last like five months after a short off season. I, look, I think that you're going to see I love Devin Booker. you know that. I'm not sitting here trying to knock Devin Booker. What I'm saying is, I don't think that he's there yet, and I think that he's going to. It's going to fuel him. But I think if the Suns lose this series, it's going to
1: be on his shoulders. Um, I mean, Kyrie Irving was 24 when he won his ring as the number two option. Um, yeah, listen, man. <laughs> Uh, and and I'm, I'm, I'm just using that as one example.
0: Kyrie and,
1: and Devin Booker is not the player that Kyrie was when they were 24 years old, and you know I, I, he's not right now. Uh, I mean, he had scored 70 in a game before. But uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a little, I'm just a little confused as to what evidence you have other than one game in his past. I mean, let's see. Yeah, I, I mean, he had a 15 point game in Game Three against the Clippers, followed up with 25, 31, and 22. I mean, I just, I don't think there's any evidence of him breaking down. I think he just had a bad game in a game three where, uh, another hat tip to my guy, Rasillo, you can't fake desperation. The, the Bucks were back home. They lose that game and the series is over. No one's coming back from. You don't from think years.
0: the same level of desperation's there on Wednesday night?
1: You can't, you can't fake it. Yeah, I do think it's there. But now I think that the, the Suns now have a little bit of that desperation. I disagree well.
0: completely. They sit there and they go, we, we're going back home game we we have two more games we need to win two games we got two more games at home i think that's their mindset
1: i mean it could be or there could be hey we can win this one and then finish them off at home and not have to worry about having to come back for game 7 possibly if that's possible but no i i just i i think we might just be seeing two different things I'm based on what we thought pre based on what we thought pre
0: series yeah. a little bit <laughs> I'm anticipating that we're going to be talking about this series still going on next week on this show.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Actually, is that even possible
1: game? Yeah. Game seven would be Monday, uh, Thursday. They get two days off between each Thursday next week. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. We'll see. All right. Let's move on. That, that was that, I, I enjoyed that actually, because, um, You're right. I think a lot of that has to do with our confirmation
1: bias from both of us.
0: I agree. All right. I'm going to ask you a quick one. I'm going to throw a little quick, little quick hitter in here. MLB all-star game is tonight. The home run derby was last night of, of the three, you know, fuck it. We'll even throw hockey in there of the four major U S North American sports. What is your favorite all-star event? and we're even we're, we'll throw home run derby and nba saturday night in there as well.
1: Um do the games count in this?
0: Yes. Yeah, the games and then those those two events and I even think- throw the nhl's equivalent of the nba saturday night in there as well where they do like the the fucking speed gate yeah, and all that. The speed
1: skate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I like I do like when they shoot uh, at the plates in the net. Yeah, that but, is uh, good. <laughs> That's pretty incredible, but, uh, I think actually my favorite all-star event, I'm not a huge all-star guy, but it would have to be the actual NBA all-star game is probably my favorite. I just like seeing all the stars out there. I know they don't play any defense, but it's an exhibition. They're out there throwing oops and stuff, scoring 160 points, trying to do st- stuff that you don't see in normal games. It's a fun pickup game. I, I enjoy, I enjoy watching that. And, um, in, in a close second, I'm a real sicko. Uh, so I love the, um, the NFL the quarterback skills challenge stuff i love watching those guys throw at moving targets and you know trying to hit trash cans 40 not, yards down that's field. not
0: during the that's not during the pro ball though i don't think they no, used it's to not. do it's, they used it, to do it in the off season the quarterback club stuff remember yeah. they even put like a sega or a nintendo game out That was just the QB (laughs) club stuff. I was going to mention that as sort of a honorable mention that I used to love that quarterback club stuff back in the day. They with the long throw and Randall Cunningham and all those guys would get up there. That was always good. I'm going to say NBA Saturday night. Look, NBA all-star games, a close second because that game at some point every year always gets competitive in a way that, the major league baseball all-star game and the pro bowl is just a joke. You know, those guys don't take that serious at all. I mean, they're in Hawaii for a week. That's a vacation for those guys, but I don't going to say, try
1: not to bump each other. And you know, that's a, that's a rough sport as it is.
0: Yeah. I'm going to say NBA Saturday night and it hasn't been great in the last few years, but in our lifetime, the three point contest, the dunk contest, They've incorporated the skills challenge into it where they have the big guys and the little guys go in a, in a bracket format. Look, I still get into it, but I'm going to say NBA Saturday night for mine.
1: Now I do enjoy NBA Saturday night. It's fun to watch those guys do some stuff. Um, I do like the way that they have uh, you know, the stuff in brackets now, which is adds a little twist to it, but I'm, I'm not going to be too critical on um you know, three point contest is perfect. I love that. That's fun, but uh, I'm not going to be too critical on the dunk contest, but they're trying so many different things to change it. And I think they should, you should evolve as, you know, st- as uh, as time goes on and try to make the best product possible. But I just don't think that they're getting close to that. We've had the, you know, the best dunker the past two or three years, hasn't won the contest, which is, you know, and. I honestly, I, I can't tell you who it was. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know Aaron Gordon's been the best dunker one time, or actually he was like two of the last four and he has, oh, he has no, he has no championship. So but Zach
0: Levine that year, him and Zach Levine went at, it was the probably the best dunk. contest. That was fun. Very fun. All right, let's move into football. We're going to talk fantasy football first. For those of you out there, Luke and I are both in dynasty leagues. I know a lot of you dynasty leagues are becoming a lot more popular nowadays. It's really more like running a, a franchise, if you will. You have a salary cap and players on contracts, and there's off-season activities. And really, you know, you, you have the, the the main draft every year, whereas your sort of standard redraft league, you're drafting all the players every year, which you know, we all get excited for, obviously. But in a dynasty league it's it's the rookies you're you only draft the rookies and then the players that are on expiring contracts you treat them like true free agents and you bid for their services. I have my dynasty draft, my rookie draft coming up here in a couple of weeks. I'm sure you have yours and some of the fans do. So I'm curious as our resident fantasy football guru the the best fantasy football player on, on, <laughs> on earth. I'm curious, That's in by this, you, not me in this dynasty format. Let's talk a little bit about some of these rookies where you think they're, they should be slotted. I think, first of all, w- this is single QB. Okay. This isn't a super flex where you can put it, play two quarterbacks. Let's just talk single quarterback standard, mostly standard league. What do you got as your top five right now? If you had to go one through five, how would they fall if you had each pick?
1: All right, I'm just going to list them. I'm not going to give you much analysis. No, no, and
0: I don't want it. I'm, I'm just curious, and I think some of the fans out here would like to know this because there's some controversy, especially in those middle picks
1: there. Yeah, I, I, would, go, um, I would go Jamar Chase, number one. I would go Najee Harris, number two. I would go Kyle Pitts, number three. Javante Williams, number four, and Devontae Smith, number five.
0: So you got Travis ATN slipping out of the top five.
1: Yeah, he's he's right there. But yeah. Interesting.
0: I see it a little bit different. I would probably say Najee won just because the draft the running back situation is so thin, and he's gonna get a heavy workload, you know, out of the gate for them, I believe. Yeah, I, you know, Chase is number two. I think Pitts, ATN, go three, four. I, I think Javante Williams actually slides to five. I don't think enough people are set. You know, Melvin Gordon's probably still going to be the starter for the majority of the season there. I don't think he's going to get a high – I don't think he's going to get enough production. Now, it is a dynasty league, right? And obviously, you're, you're drafting for the long term. And starting next year, he'll probably be – not probably he'll he will be the feature back in Denver I just worry that too many people are going to say okay the other four that I named are going to have more of an impact and have more touches out of the gate
1: yeah I think that's that's the good take and I'm this is just a total personal thing for me and it 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 has bit me before in the past in dynasty drafts but I am very partial to wide receivers uh the thing is with the running backs you know Travis Etienne he's um he's only 22, you know, it's not like Najee Harris where you're 23 and that starts to become a problem. Um, but they don't, they just don't last very long and yeah, they're, they're going to get touches, but, um, a guy like Etienne where they had a guy that was in like the top five, I believe in rushing last year with a coach that we're really not sure about. And he's kind of made some questionable decisions. One being drafting Travis Etienne in the first round, I put a lot of stake into organizational. Uh, the Way that the way the organizations that draft these players are run, and I don't know. I mean, he's talked very glowingly of of Travis Etienne. It's just I, I like to see what what happens on the field a little bit more. So I'm I'm not totally sold on on Etienne. Uh, totally hear what you're saying on Javante Williams. It's the same type of thing. I might even let him go and and take you know Devonte Smith ahead of him. But uh, it's just a personal preference. I just feel more comfortable drafting wide receivers, yeah. especially with the way that that I do my research.
0: I'm sitting at five in my league and I'd be happy with ATN or Javante Williams. I think one of the good things about ATN is they're going to use him. I think they're going to move him around. They may even put him in the slot a little bit. They're going to use him as a pass catcher. Probably, you know, I hate to use the word primarily. I, you know, I don't think he's going to be there, a prime. Like, I don't think he's going to be a wide receiver, but I think he's going to get a lot of touches as, as many touches Via or opportunities via catching the football than he is actually having Trevor Lawrence hand the ball to him. So there's mm-hmm. some PPR value there as well. I really like it. But to your point, one through three has, in my opinion, has to be Harris, Chase, Pitts in whatever order. To be honest with you, I wouldn't kill somebody if they took Kyle Pitts number one. To be honest, I, I just wouldn't because he is going to get high volume he's a wide receiver so look it's it's questionable and but but would you kill somebody for taking pitts number one in a dynasty league?
1: Mm, probably not. The only thing is is like drafting tight ends is especially first round tight ends in the past it's just been so dicey. of course, I don't think we've ever had a tight end go f- number four in the draft and especially not one that you know seemingly fits so well at his landing spot you know losing you know 130 targets or whatever. Julio Jones is leaving behind and bringing in Arthur Smith. I think that they had uh, like the highest, Tennessee had the highest red zone efficiency to tight ends and uh, wide receivers last year. So, you know, and, and he is going to be used like a, he's not going to be used like a traditional tight end, but most of those guys that are drafted in the first round aren't either. Now, granted, I think he's, you know, he's more of a freak than them. You know, the guys like Ebron and the joke guys like that, he's more polished. He's a better route runner. So, and of course, he, he went a lot higher. So, guys like that, uh, like to, it's a new guy in a new situation. He drafted his first draft pick as Kyle Pitts. So, he's going to get the volume. Where do you start thinking quarterback and which one? <laughs> um, probably around, oh man, four, 14 or 15. And it's going to be Trey Lance. Really? Okay. That's interesting. I I don't play in any super flex league. So I play where you start one well super
0: flex, that's a whole nother fucking ball game, right? You got if you're playing a super flex league, I've I've seen guys taking Trevor Lawrence number one.
1: Yeah, and and like I I wouldn't I even in a super flex league, I don't think I'd do that. But um but yeah, I think I would have Trey Lance ahead just because I another another thing with just like Pitts, it's a perfect fit, you know, they're they're gonna tailor make that offense to him, and he, he he fits it already even though he's super raw, he's going to go out and get you yards on the ground this year. So he'll be able to carry you that way. But, um, but yeah, probably, probably right there, 14. And then, you know, I'd put Trevor Lawrence right there with him, you know, a spot behind him and then fields a spot or two behind that.
0: Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. Totally. I mean, look, the order to your point, look, Trevor Lawrence, you're you're probably going to get more points in year one, but I think over the long term, Trey Lance is probably a better option because of his legs. Well,
1: all, Trevor all, could all- run too.
0: He can, but I, they they don't have an. Well,
1: I don't it's, believe it's a different. It's a different style of running. Well, who who knows? Who knows
0: what Herb's going to do down there? But I, I would agree with you. Last one, and then we'll move into the over under game. I want to talk a little overvalued, undervalued, one player. Give me the one guy you think's being the most overvalued and the one guy that's being the most undervalued. Just so you know, I use fantasypros.com. You do too. You turned me on to it, so I know you do it. Those are the rankings I'm using. Just curious. I know you've probably glanced at it. Who's a guy that you think is being overvalued and who's a guy you think being undervalued?
1: Even a guy that I ranked this high number four, I think it's Javante Williams. Um okay. I think he's overvalued. Just again, it's just a personal preference. You know, I, I probably if, if give you these rankings again, I might even just talk myself out of it, move them down again. But um but yeah, either either him or, or Etienne would be the, the overvalued. And um undervalued is uh oh man, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you ter- uh one, Terrace Marshall. It looks like uh, – I, I don't have his ADP right offhand, but um, – 16, 15, 16-ish. That's too, low. that's too low. That's too low. He needs to be probably –
0: 17 maybe?
1: Yeah, I'd probably put him right behind um, as far as wide receivers go. Like in the Waddle area? Yeah, yeah, right there. I, I might even put him ahead of Waddle. Just um, okay. a personal preference there. And, uh, you know, and I, I want to mention one more name because this is a guy I love pre-draft, although I think – He's probably going right where he needs to be as Rashad Bateman. I think he's going to destroy it this year.
0: (laughs) I think the exact opposite. I think Rashad Bateman is the one that's overvalued at eight. He doesn't have a quarterback that can get him the football. So there's a challenge there. I mean, their number one wide receiver last year was an absolute fantasy bust. So I think if you are drafting Rashad Bateman – I would much rather go with, to your point of Terrence Marshall, some of the other guys that they have slotted behind him. I think that that is, that would be the direction that I would go. I would not look at Rashad Bateman in the first round. And my guess is he's going to go in the first round and every single one of these drafts, I think there's better options. So he's my guy that I have is overvalued. And and look, some of that's because of my, my Lamar Jackson bias, but I think it's real. And and I think deep down in, you know, in, in your mind, you, you do as well. There's challenges there for him to get the kind of volume that he would need long-term to be a justifiable number one pick in a fantasy draft. I think the guy that's undervalued grossly is Trey Sermon. I think Trey Sermon at 15, I think Trey Sermon is going to end up being a guy that is a fantasy starter a first, maybe not a first round, but a second, third, fourth round guy over the next several years after this year in redraft leagues. I think Trey Sermon is going to be a dog and I would love to get him in one of my leagues. I don't think the where my picks are, it's going to work out and hopefully nobody in my dynasty league is listening to this, but uh, I would say Trey Sermon's my guy that's the most undervalued.
1: Yeah, the only pushback I'll say on Trey is that uh you know, the injury history scares the hell out of me. It's it's terrifying.
0: All these, guys, all these guys get hurt.
1: That's why I don't draft running backs.
0: Jonathan Taylor's never been hurt, knock on one. All right, one more football topic. Let's play the over-under game. Like I said in the intro, and I'm sure you hate this, Luke. <laughs> he is not a fan of sort of traditional sports talk radio topics. Let's play the schedule game. I like the over-under game. I think it falls into – Especially now, before we've seen these guys play, I I really like it. Training camp starts in like two weeks. The Browns report on 27th, so it's two weeks from today. Training camp's going to start. So, like I said, we're going to do one division per week leading up to the NFL season. We're going to start west and move east. We're going to start with the AFC West. Your favorite division with your favorite team and player. All right, so the AFC West this year, they play the AFC North. They play the NFC East. Plus their 17th game is the team in the NFC North that finished in the same position as them.
1: Wait, give, give me that again. They play the NFC AFC East. North. AFC North.
0: NFC East. And the team in the NFC North that finished in the same position as them. I have all this information, so I'll tell it to you when when we get there. All right, so we're going to start at the Raiders. Raiders over under is seven. They play, and they have, obviously, their division, AFC North, NFC East, and they play Miami, Indianapolis, and they play the Bears. Derek Carr said that they were three or four plays away from 10 or 11 wins last year. Seven.
1: Man, the NFC East is just so bad. So bad. I'm going to go over. I'm going to say they'll get eight. So Derek Carr said they were three
0: or four plays away from 10 or 11 wins. I think they were also three or four <laughs> plays away from five or six wins. You know, they beat the Browns in that bad weather game. They won a couple other games that they weren't expected to. It's going to be close. I'm going to say under. I see six and a maybe on that schedule. So I'm going to say I'm going to say the under for the Raiders and we'll keep track of these and we'll we'll keep some kind of scoreboard Broncos they got, a, got a rough
1: stretch late man they play at Dallas first yes. Washington at the Chiefs at the Browns first maybe a uh, Aaron Rodgers led Broncos at the Colts first the Chargers to end
0: <laughs> like I said six and a maybe on that schedule. So I'm going under Broncos eight and a half. I think this under, is actually
1: under, I think it's a
0: good, <laughs> hold on. I think it's a good number for them. They got, here's the thing. They have the jets, they have the Jags and they have the lions on that schedule. Don't forget. Obviously they have drew Locke, but they have a lot of weapons offensively. No fan. Another year, Cortland Sutton's coming back. Hamler. I mean, that team, Jerry Judy, another year. now the defense is sliding. So you're 100 going under?
1: Yeah, even after I just use a possible Aaron Rodgers trade to to boost to you know boost one argument, I'm going to use it's not happening. If he so gets I'm, I'm traded there, up.
0: that over under is not eight and a half anymore.
1: Right, but I think that they're baking that in right now um, oh, to, God, to kind of keep not. to keep the just to keep the exposure low. But uh, I think it's under. So their backup quarterback
0: is Teddy Bridgewater, right? Yes. Who's probably gonna be their starter, which I think is something that's not what I've
1: heard. I've I've heard that I've heard that they both looked so bad that they're like Drew Locke's gonna gonna be the starter.
0: They're just gonna throw them out there just to see what they've got. Yep. Look, the Jets, Jacksonville, Detroit thing, that gives me a little bit of cause for pause. I looked at the schedule, I went back and forth. This is the one I probably had the most difficult with. I'm gonna say they have six and a maybe on their schedule as two, on their schedule as well. So I'm going Broncos under Chargers. New coach, high expectations. Herbert in the second year, they played New England, Houston, and Minnesota is their NFC North team.
1: Chargers nine. Man, they could they could hit that uh the dreaded 0-2 hole right, right away. Yes, um, and I who knows how the 17-game schedule affects that, but then they follow up week three at the Chiefs. So <laughs> Um, what was the number nine and a half or not?
0: nine, nine on the nose.
1: I'm going to say push. I like the way their schedule ends the last three. So I'm going to, I'm going to, am I allowed to push?
0: Yeah. I said push as well. I'm pretty confident. I did the push as well. And then I think you and me are seeing their schedule the, the same way. All right. Last but not least the losing the super bowl losing should have lost to the browns kansas city chiefs pat mahomes has predicted that they're going to go 20 and 0 pat mahomes he didn't
1: predict that
0: 20 and 0 is his prediction <laughs> they, they have <laughs> they have buffalo tennessee and green bay that is a rough first place schedule right there so you obviously have the AFC North with Cleveland and Baltimore. Then you throw Buffalo, Tennessee, Green Bay in there. That's that's a tough first-place schedule. It's 12-and-a-half.
1: I mean, we just saw him beat Buffalo by 20.
0: I, I hear you. It's Super Bowl hangover. The
1: team didn't get much better. Um, what was the number 12-and-a-half? Yes. Uh, give, me, give me one second here. Let me I want to check something out.
0: You um, want me to give my take? Yeah, go ahead. So they have in the first seven weeks, they have the Browns, the Chargers, and Buffalo at home. And they play Baltimore, Philly, Washington, and Tennessee on the road. That is a rough. Now, obviously, Philly's dog shit. So that's the gimme in there. But that's a rough first seven weeks of the season. I believe this is me. I believe they come out of that stretch three and four, okay? I think they lose a couple of those games. I think the Browns catch them early, possibly. So it's going to be interesting. They they got Baltimore on the road, Tennessee on the road, that Washington team, they're going to have to travel to play that defense. So I think they're three and four after that stretch. With all that being said, I see 11 and two maybes it's going to depend on Rodgers. I think Green Bay is one of those maybes. I'm going to go under, but it's just under. I think they win 12 games. I see that team going 12-5. and five.
1: And usually these teams at the top, um, is that the highest over under? I don't know if, if... – In the whole league? Yeah. Or is I Tampa higher? I don't think
0: so. I think Tampa's higher.
1: But usually those top, those top couple teams, man, they just – it's like it's done on like a, on a bell curve. So usually those those top few and those bottom few are easy to kind of pick. But this seems this seems tough. They could hit that zero and two hole, you know, that we talk about every year. Yeah, uh with the Browns and the and the Ravens. But um no, ultimately, I think they come out of that same stretch. You're talking up; they're probably five and two. So I'll go over <laughs> Yeah, So you games. think you think it goes the other way than than I do? Fourteen games last year, thirteen the year before. I think they're just. You know, I think they're kind of a lock for 11 every single year. They'll find a way to win two more.
0: I I said they'd win 12. So yeah, we're right there. Okay, that's good. We're going to continue to do this next week. We'll do the AFC, or excuse me, the NFC West. That's a division that I'm really interested in. In the coming weeks, look, Summer Olympics, they start next Friday. Opening ceremonies is next Friday. We'll talk a little Olympics. We got NBA offseason right around the corner. We know that's always nuts. So discussions on NBA offseason will be coming in the next few weeks. NFL, college football previews. And then I don't know when, but it's coming in the next probably two or three weeks. Our 2021 quarterback power rankings coming up. That's probably our, if not our favorite, our second favorite episode of the year. I'm excited
1: about that. huh? By far. And there was a juicy uh, top 10 QBs article that was posted this week on ESPN. They asked some, uh, some pull, they pulled some league executives and uh, some interesting takes there that I will probably have comment on for that show. Good. I'm looking forward to it. So we'll have that in the next few weeks. You got anything else? Uh, No, just, I'm looking forward to the Olympics. It would be nice if team USA could get a win. I, I don't know what they're doing against Argentina right now, but man, that roster's got me a little nervous.
0: Well, they don't have book and Middleton, and they got some guys, yeah, but coming they got still. Darius Garland.
1: I mean, come on.
0: They got some Good guys effort. coming still. Let's, let's pump the brakes. But books breaking down though. <laughs> don't forget at WC sports pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like follow and subscribe. We are now available on all your favorite streaming platforms Anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find us. We are also available on the Believe Podcast Network, number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. And as always, we are presented by the one and only BetOnline.ag. With that, we love you and enjoy your lives.
1: Put some money on BetOnline.ag. Somebody suck me!